guys, and welcome back to Trailervans.com. This is Ant, the author, editor, and investigative journalist of Trailervans.com. And this week, I thought I'm going to build on the success of last week's audio podcast, and I'm going to bring you one of the old posts from uh, way back when, which was during the Trans-Mongolian Railway that I took. Now, people ask, where have you been travelling, Ant, over these last two and a bit years? I say to them, this is really well rehearsed, so see if you can keep up. Well, I flew from London to Moscow, took the transport to Siberia into Mongolia, shooted around the Gobi for a while, took the train into China, took the train to southwest China, then overland into North, uh, Tibet, and then overland into Nepal, dropped into North India, sunk into South India, spent Christmas there, went to Sri Lanka, came back, toured around South India, my motorbike, flew to Singapore, then through to Sumatra, right the way through to Bali, then I took over a year in... Australia before bouncing over here to New Zealand. So that was my trip. What about yours? Hmm. And it goes a little bit something like that. Now, the Trans-Siberian is always something that captures people's imagination. They say, wow, the Trans-Siberian, I've always wanted to do that. That is amazing. What was it like? Was it brilliant? Oh, and I just look at them and say, yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. You know, five days traveling across the Siberian, um, you know, brilliant people, the whole carriage, it went from being like really full of strangers to by the time we disembarked in Ulaanbaatar, it was, you know, like a village. Oh, it's amazing. Like, oh, I love it. Trans-Siberian, like the best experience of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, actually. Now I look back at the Trans-Siberian and I think, you know, it's a little bit bland. I didn't get off the Trans-Siberian for five whole days. I was stuck in a cabin with a couple of Austrians, one of which was, who was perfectly fine, and another one who was uh, a little bit irritating, and a Mongolian who at the time seemed really cool, but looking back was mildly boring because all he did was sleep, and then he sort of sat up, bolt upright, came down, picked up a bottle of vodka, slammed it on the table, and insisted I drank it, which I did. For five days. Vodka, vodka, vodka. And then, when he was suitably drunk, he would pull out some Mongolian pop on his laptop. <laughs> good times, hey? Yeah, good times. Now, the reason I did not get off that train for five days was due to a couple of festivals. Now, they're completely opposite to each other. First of all, had the Nadam festival going on in Mongolia. Had to get there for the start of that in order to get accommodation which I booked prior to leaving because I was super, super planned. And the awesome, incredible, unforgettable Glastonbury Music Festival in England. That was my last weekend in England. Then I zoomed across to Moscow, took the train right through to Mongolia, jumped off and before I knew it I was surrounded by kind of wrestlers and archers and... Uh, just the most amazing time in Mongolia. Um, and that, just bringing it right back to what I'm talking about, that is the post I'm going to read you today. So what I suggest, if you're at work or you're at home and you're surrounded by things that are going to distract you, I just urge you, roll the seat back, put the feet up, um, maybe grab yourself a nice warm glass of fermented horse's milk and and listen to this tale, which is entitled, and now I have not edited this, and it was written on July the 8th, 2007. Yes, 2007, so I've dusted it off just for you guys. Sit back and listen to the post entitled, Trans-Mongolian, it's right down my street. 
Dum dum de dum, dum dum de dum, dum dum de dum. It took me the whole five days from Moscow to Ulaanbaatar to decide how I would portray the drum of the Trans-Mongolian train I lighted this morning. Say it with me. Dum-dum-dee-dum. Softer. Dum-dum-dee-dum. Emphasise the capitals. Dum-dum. Dee-dum. One, two, three, four. Dum-dum-dee-dum. Dum-dum-dee-dum. Never has a journey left me so relaxed. To my right are a set of antelope horns and the hostel foyer is filled with lounge music and all I want to do is hug the keyboard, close my eyes and drift off to dreams of faraway places. Dum-dum-dee-dum. It would be nigh on impossible to capture the rolling landscapes, the trivial pleasures and the romantic motion of my Siberian journey in words. Even pictures would fail to bring the episode to life. At 7.30am this morning... I hauled my backpack off carriage six and said goodbye to a smorgasbord of new friends. In the five-day spell aboard the Trans-Mongolian route, the train and its cattle underwent a mystical transformation. The sturdy carriages gradually lost the raw intrigue and a network formed that I can only liken to one of a small village. My immediate neighbours consisted of two Swedish and two Dutch to one side and four Italians to the other while my housemates took the form of Austrians, Tony and Evelyn, and Erdambator of Mongolia, seemingly the only Mongol in the village. Life, it seemed, could not be better. At the top of the street lived Lancastrians Gavin and Les, and together with our extended community, we rolled through 29 stations, exchanging jokes and learning about each other's quirks, cultures and goals. The social highlights of the day were pulling up at a station and alighting to stretch our legs. Maybe meeting a new neighbour and watching with admiration as the network filtered out and undertook their desired tasks. Along the daytime stations, there were usually ten or so local ladies selling their produce. Dried fish, beer, bread, fruits, ramen, noodles, etc. Which meant there was always a feast to be had with my housemates when we returned to our home in the period after. It's hard to fathom where time went. For one, I still shun the opportunity to join the watch-wearing masses. Days were candidly filled with long breakfasts, followed by a stroll down to the local cafe where Victor would afford us a scowl and a few slams across the table should we ever dare request a topper. We knew he laughed inside. And following the morning coffee, I took pleasure in hanging by an open window, just watching the world roll consistently by. Dum-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum. There was a phenomenon occurring aboard Train 4, Time outside was quite obviously changing, but within its steel frame, curiously remained the same. I slept when I was tired, ate when I was hungry and drank whenever I felt like it. A little too often, perhaps, as I nursed my pounding head under the sheet, seemingly missing the best station along the route, according to Evelyn. One day I popped down the street to Gav's place, purely to discuss topics of choice over a game or two of chess. Another day, I chose to stay in my home for a few hours, making sign language with Erdambator and Tony over a bottle of exceedingly strong vodka while enjoying some Mongolian pop music on his laptop. Over time, Tony, Evelyn and I became accustomed with the national sport of the Trans-Siberian, hunting. To those outside the Trans-Mongolian world, 
This was simply taking photos, but with Tony's colourful spin on the English language bringing a whole new slant to it. As with all good neighbours, I saved farts for the first class carriage and always opened our freshly smelling home to passing strangers. Along the route, I battled with three dilemmas. The first being the feeling of, oh, go on, you're on holiday, while I removed the fifth Marlboro light of the day from its cardboard casket. I'm not sure I can compare a two-year jaunt to a holiday, on the subject of vices at least. The second dilemma being the urge to take photos at every opportunity. I always fall into this trap, and I'm glad I nipped this one in the bud early. I find much more pleasure in selfishly keeping moments to myself while only capturing a premium selection of what a scenario had to offer. The third dilemma was my realisation of failing to register my Russian visa in Moscow. This is an old communist hang-up, but a rule all the same. Aboard the train, there was nothing I could do but bury the dilemma to the back of my head and await my fate at the border town Sukhbatar. Ironically, my meal at Sukhbatar was the quintessential Last Supper, one of dried fish, bread and water. We made jokes to lighten the mood and it was with a hearty sigh of relief that I took my passport back from the overtly stern official. Mongolia, here I come! Arriving in Ulaanbaatar today, I reminisced over the reasons for my coming here. Initially, it had been a purely a wind-up for a former girlfriend. I knew she'd never consider Mongolia in our feeble attempts to plan a dual round-the-world trip. But as I stubbornly argued its case against the backpacking heavyweights of Australia and Thailand, I became intrigued. Sitting here now paints a goby glow upon my face that even Genghis Khan would struggle to eradicate. This week is the Nadam Festival, my primary goal along the trail, while all other time will be spent absorbing the Mongolian culture while looking forward and planning my next destination, China. But before then, I'll grab a coffee, light up a Marlboro and reflect upon my first week along the trail while humming its inevitable theme tune. Dum-dum-dee-dum, 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 dum-dum-dee-dum. So guys, that was whew, well over two years ago now that um, I took the journey across the Trans-Siberian Railway. If it's something you're planning on doing over the course of this winter for the Northern Hemisphere or in the summer, there's one thing I'd definitely tell you, and I've met quite a few people over my course of my travels that have also taken the Trans-Siberian, and their journey is always enriched by the people they met and the the activities they took part in when they alighted from the journey between Moscow and Ulaanbaatar. So here's the advice, get off the train. Now, from my understanding, you do have to plan that in advance. This is Russia. It's not a hop on, hop off like you might expect um, in your own country. So do plan that ahead when you're booking the ticket because you probably have to book single tickets. Um, but there is so many things to do. Now, Russian culture isn't really of great interest to me, so again, that probably contributed a little bit to my um, less than glowing report at the beginning of this reading. But some of the activities I've heard of, you can stay with Siberian families, um, and that will involve a lot of vodka drinking, believe me. Um, but I've also heard you can go 
diving in Lake Baikal, which is a huge lake, um, the largest freshwater lake in the world, I believe. Um, and you can actually go diving in there, and it's full of fish and the Baikal cod, which is quite famous, and you'll see a lot of that along the Trans-Siberian Way. It's a dried fish um, that usually the old elderly ladies are selling along the way. But, um, yeah, that's basically my advice for the Trans-Siberian. Get off the train. Do not do it in one stint, because you almost feel obliged to say it was the most amazing journey of your life. But when you look back... <laughs> It's one train for five days, and believe me, the landscape during the summer months, at least, of the Siberian is far from interesting. All you're looking at, guys, is pine trees after pine trees. I, I look back at photos, and gladly I've deleted quite a lot of them now, and I found I was taking photos of the railway workers. Now, you name me another railway journey in the world where you want to take photo of the railway worker, and I'll tell you why I did, it's because that was probably the highlight of the last few hours of me staring outside the train, puffing on a Marlboro light. So, while I do believe there are numerously uh, more exciting tra train journeys in the world, just look into Europe, look across um, South Australia, the Garn there, um, any railway journey in Asia, I'd, I'd probably say, um, as well as a lot of the ones in South America are going to give you much more exciting times. But in terms of um, epic journeys, the romance of travel still seems to cling to the Trans-Siberian. You know, it's up to you if you want to take it. I'd also advise, I did hear that it's cheaper to book your ticket while you're in in Moscow. That does present some problems when, you, um, when you're booking your visa and everything because you do need an onward ticket. It's a little bit of an archaic system for the Russian visa, and I found a lot of um, a lot of the paperwork was bypassed. Um, I did not go for an agency, but um, I did buy my tourist visa, etc., um, online, which is probably not the way you're supposed to do it. But at the end of that, it's the easiest way to do it. So um, if you want more information on that, just drop me an email, and I'm happy to reply that's ant at trailevance.com but anyway you can take your feet off the desk you can roll your chair right up to that monitor and um, get on with your day that was me that was ant and that was travel on the trans mongolian because that was right down my street mm -hmm.